When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey Geekscapists, welcome to a brand new Geekscape episode. I'm Jonathan London, your host, and if this is your first Geekscape, where have you been the last 13 years? We've had, we do this all the time, we do this every week. Last week's no exception, uh, we had Richard Garfield who created Magic the Gathering on the show. That was kind of amazing. I remember Magic the Gathering when it launched like 20 years ago, I worked in a comic book store, and this thing came out and was like a massive juggernaut. Everybody was suddenly doing magic cards and collecting them and playing them in the comic book store. And I had the creator on the show last week and we talked... Uh, well, he's a mathematician and and a storyteller and a huge fantasy fan, and he combined all three of them and made what you guys know as Magic the Gathering and a ton of other games. So if you guys are interested in that stuff, go listen to that episode after this one, because I think you're going to want to stick around. My good friend Matt Weinholtz on the show, he's a comedian, uh, a writer, he's directed stuff, I'm sure, because you're a creative brain and it pops <laughs> off. And you just, I mean, as a creative person... As a writer, and you gotta you gotta have some put some input all around. Sure, you, you put your fingers in every pie creatively. Um, I, I do love pie. <laughs> and Geeks Gabe, as you've probably seen his uh, his uh, stand up on places like Comedy Central, MTV, VH1, HBO, you name it. You've heard his name in uh, in comedy on the radio, uh, and you've definitely probably heard his voice in many many things, not just commercials, but some fun shows. I remember um, Super Adventure Team. Oh, the greatest. In like late 90s. Sure, sure. I was interning at MTV for Carol Ng, I think was her name. She was a development exec in charge of like Austin Stories and MTV's Undressed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And those were, that was like, that was the golden era, I thought. That was, yeah. I like to think of that as the golden era. I mean, obviously the state... And John in like uh, uh, the John Stewart had a show there, the mm-hmm. Ben Stiller oh, yeah. show, yeah, like great stuff. I think everything in the '90s on MTV that was taking. I mean, we remember the MTV. Okay, and I only bring this up because the VMAs were last night. And the only reason I know the VMAs are still around is because there's because I checked Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> like nobody's actually making music videos or watching them, but there's still VMAs. Uh, but if you're gonna give eras to MTV, I would say '80s is the music video era. That's the classic era we all fell in love with MTV. The 90s is like the original programming era where you right. had those shows. Yeah. 
I think and Andy Super Dick Adventure. had a show. Oh, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Super Adventure Team, people have to remember, is before Team America. Absolutely. So it's this, you know, and wonderful... Team America was 2003 or four. Yeah. And you guys were late 90s. Yeah. And so, you know, we were the at the forefront of the Jerry Anderson puppet... Yeah. Puppamation, whatever you want to call it. kind of thing. Uh, Super Marionation, that's what they called it. Do they really call it Super mm-hmm. Marionation? Yeah, yeah. I think they're human beings who are going through Super Marionation. <laughs> <laughs> when I see somebody walking with their face down on their phone, I'm like, Super Marionation. They can't keep their own head up. They, the string got cut. <laughs> Uh, George W. Bush was being super marionette. Absolutely, right? <laughs> absolutely. I think there, I think there, there are movies about that at this point. Um, and uh, so, I, like Matt Weinhold, when when he was pitched to me by your manager, who also the does, lovely and talented I, Bruce Smith. I love Bruce. We reached out to Bruce and said, "Hey, man, who you got?" Uh, because we love Doug Jones and Gilbert Barnes oh and everybody else God. on the roster. All, all lovely people. They're like, "What about Matt Weinhold?" I was like. Let me do my due diligence. Uh, Geekscape is I'm sitting in the due diligence. I'm in his uh, like screening room. Your, your entertainment room? Your fun the room? fun room. We screen. We, we drink. This we, is ridiculous. We I'm fight. Sur- I'm surrounded by like toys and statues and DVDs and records and graphic novels and everything. I mean, this is a... I sent a picture to Matt Kelly uh, and he's like, you're in my dream house. Your entire house has got... Action figures all over it. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's been an obsession of mine since I think I was a kid, since I was five years old, and a lot of the stuff I even have now is stuff from my childhood. And I've just, you know, you get to a place, especially with collecting, where you know everything depends on your parents. So mm-hmm. it's either Christmas or your birthday, or whether they feel like you know doing you a solid. And uh, the minute you get a job and start making your own money, it's finally dawned on me because I was looking at when I was in my 20s like uh, you know the McFarlane stuff started coming out yeah, yeah. and it looks so good and I'm like wait a minute why am I why am I not back into this yeah and that opened a door that has never shut for better or worse that's absolutely comic collecting for me because I remember getting out of comics as I got into middle school oh and okay like okay the, I can entertain myself and because I can entertain myself and I don't have an allowance anymore. I don't get, have to sit at the spinner rack while my parents go grocery shopping, right. and everybody gets a comic book, right? Which is kind of the deal. It's like, okay, if you let me grocery shop, if you just chill, I'll get you a comic book when we check out of the grocery store. Yeah. And you guys can entertain yourselves with the comic book. And going into middle school, I think you're a little bit more of an independently functional human being. Sure. The comics go away. You don't have discretionary income. Girls. Girls. You start getting involved in other things. Well, trying to be. <laughs> you're, you, you, hope you, springs eternal. <laughs> you hope that yeah, you're yeah. invited Fingers to that crossed. party. And then in, in high school, uh, when you get that first job, it's uh, my first job happened to be at a comic store. So oh I was working for wow. my drug dealer. <laughs> it was wow. like, I'm that's drug- dangerous. It was dangerous. And, uh, and now I buy more comics than I did then. And uh, Do you remember what the yeah. first comic that you ever chose you went that's the comic I want you saw a newsstand and you went that do you remember what that comic was yeah I still have it really it's um yeah and it's not a great comic but it was when the Avengers uh, fought the high evolutionary and the evolutionary war it was somewhere in 86 85 my wife just got me the collected edition 
of that whole storyline. The Evolutionary yes. War? Where they're fighting like the Animan? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I remember that because on the cover it was the uh, High Evolutionary holding up the globe and he had like US Agent and yeah. Beast and uh-huh. Valkyrie or whoever made up the Avengers team at that time like hanging from these... Was, like, was that um, like the West Coast Avengers kind no, of thing? Uh, no, I think that was the official that was Avengers. The official, huh? Be- I don't think Beast was ever on West Coast Avengers. Oh, okay. But US Agent may have run it. But Hawkeye was always on the West Coast Avengers. I don't remember Hawkeye being in this. But It was a weird I don't, lineup, I don't though. know it about it. Like, yeah, the West Coast Avengers, yeah. I think, was like Valkyrie and stuff like that. Oh, okay. But it was always Hawkeye's team. Right. Um, I don't... I mean, and then I obviously remember like that led to like the artwork that Mark Sylvester did in the X-Men... And the stuff when they thought when you thought they died in Dallas, and they go to Australia, yeah, and they fight like uh, who are they fighting? They just did it in Logan, um, the the uh, the Reavers, mm-hmm. the people who are like have bio, you know, put like electronics in their bio, and like dudes that like, wow. he has like tank treads for legs Man. and stuff like that. I wish they'd done that in Logan, where I was like, wait, that guy has guns for arms. <laughs> that character should have tank treads for legs. <laughs> you know, what's great though is that that with the. Marvel Cinematic Universe, somebody finally got the brilliant idea. Hey, what if we m- put in a movie all the stuff that people love in the comics? And so you, now you've got this backlog of all these stories that, I mean, keep going. Go through all those. I was thinking of that because I was, sagas. I, was, I was actually thinking about that on the drive over here. And I don't live far away, but I, but I was going up. Why now. haven't we hung out? <laughs> we were, seriously what's really funny is I've been on Comedy Film Nerds you work with the Comedy yeah, Film oh, Nerds oh, I like love Chris Mancini and Greg, yeah, Graham Elwards are, are great guys the best we've been in the same circle for many years and um, and I'm driving over here and I'm, I was thinking about our good friend Doug Jones and and because I was thinking if you know, this is what I do Geekscape is when I'm sitting at a stoplight uh, I, I sit there and I think, think about my friend Doug Jones and I say you know what if they if they do this Fantastic Four thing over the MCU, they should ha- still have him play the Silver Surfer. One hundred percent. And I was thinking about those Tim Story Fantastic Fours because Saturday I was talking about my friend Carl Cirofalio, who was a stuntman who played the Thing in the original Corbin Fantastic Four. Wow. So it was in my head because I was saying that was the most loyal Fantastic Four movie. It you was. It wasn't are... great. No, but it was the most faithful and. Come on, that thing is dripping with love and commitment. Absolutely. And Every so, dime was, is put on the screen. And I was talking about Carl, and I was thinking about that thing, and I was thinking about the Fantastic Four, because I want to do Fantastic Four. I have it in my head. I have the outline in my brain. I can see it. And I don't want to uh, tip no, go your, your no. story, because I've been thinking about this, yeah. too, because I, I love the Fantastic Four. And especially visually, they're, they're, such a, they're such a great group. Well, just to finish the thought, I was thinking, no, no, sorry, I was thinking about how Tim Story made the Galactus Cloud. He got the, Fanta- he got the Silver Surfer right, he got the Galactus Cloud, big, huge swing and a miss. And I was like, well, uh, you know, obviously D23 just happened, and the Eternals and all that stuff looks great, but we want Fantastic Four, and we will, we'll get them. But uh, Galactus will look like Galactus now. And we learned that through Thanos. We learned that through Hela. We learned that through all of those Marvel Cinematic Universe villains that were as they were on the page. And Galactus is one that, yes, I understand the folks at Fox being like, whoa, that's a little too ridiculous. But with something like Thanos, who literally, like, he sat on a toilet for the first three appearances that he was in those Avengers right, movies. Yeah. Like, and he still showed up. It was badass and completely well acted. You've got to build phenomenal. the world. You build Once the world. you build the world, then anything goes. Oh man, they gave us ego. 
Yeah. They gave us a living planet, and they did it in a great. And James Gunn yes. did it in a great way, yeah. a really believable way. He's a human. Oh, he's not actually a human. He's yeah. a symbiotic like planet. Yeah, and he's all part of this thing. And you guys are fucked. best part of that movie was the treatment of Eo for yes. sure. The treatment of that character, which is such a bizarre, weird character. So that's what I want to see, and that's the stuff I fantasize about. So when I walk in here, and you've got a giant Galactus statue on a shelf, I'm like, yeah, he gets me. Yeah, let's build. Let's. Have the Kirby universe on screen. Well, you know, I mean, that was what Taika did with Ragnarok. You started to see those weird yeah. costumes yes. and things like that. Yeah. Like, that was straight out of Kirby. Yeah. That stuff was phenomenal. Yeah. And I heard that there's a lot of stuff on the editing room floor that were just weird people in costumes and Thor Ragnarok that it was like, you know it. what? We don't need these many The after party. Oh, my God. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I would love to see that director. I mean, we're getting like an extra scene or two in an Avengers Endgame bonus version. I want to see that Ragnarok footage where they have the weird Kirby-esque characters dancing and stuff like that in the background where it's like, oh, yeah, that's straight out of his brain. All right, so I have to ask you this then. And we're, we're, we're going to no, talk no, about sorry. your Fantastic Four. But. Uh, with the, well, first of all, with the Fantastic Four, <laughs> Kirby. just has yes. to be a Kirby universe. And Did you see the exhibit at Northridge a few okay. years ago? Uh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and there were paintings. Like the the paintings he did for the Mar- for the Fantastic Four like fiftieth issue and stuff like that like they weren't just comic book pages he would make paintings that would then get like put into the comic books and these paintings were mind blowing yeah no they look like they look like three D without the glasses yes and Kirby was uh, he was a legend I mean he, he, they've never matched his creativity no and you could do now my idea for a Fantastic Four movie is you do it as a period piece. That's what you make um, it the swing in sixties. Yes, and you bring and that's yet another way to usher in all those Kirby designs and not have it feel ridiculous. Well, I hear what you're saying, and, and I think that was when Christopher Columbus was going to do it, and when um, uh, who did Ant Man um, at uh, uh, Peyton Reed. Peyton Reed. When Peyton Reed had it, another great guy. When Peyton Reed had it. I'm a huge Peyton Reed fan. And when Peyton Reed had it before the turnover at Fox led to the Tim Story hire mm-hmm. for Fantastic Four, he, in, he wrote it as a 1960s version. That's why he then went on to do Down by Love in that era. Remember the movie with... with, with he did a movie with Ewan McGregor and... Um, oh, who is it? It's not Naomi Watts. It's from Jerry Maguire. Uh, Renee Zellweger. Okay. They did a movie called... I think it's Renee Zellweger. Uh, Ewan McGregor... And it's called Down by Love, Down with Love, Down by Love, something mm-hmm. like that. And it's um, a 1960s period piece movie, romantic comedy, and it took place in that era. And Peyton Reed did this after they had the turnover mm-hmm. at Fox that led to somebody being like, "Hey, we're not going to go with the last, you know, regime's choices. Mm-hmm. We're gonna we're gonna get rid of Peyton Reed on uh. on Fantastic Four, who would come off of like Bring It On, and we're gonna hire the dude who did um, Taxi and Barbershop." <laughs> <laughs> And then we end up with Tim Story's Fantastic Four. And Tim Story has a ton of success and a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. Um, those Fantastic Fours were, for, I don't know whose reasons. I mean, you know how many, tons of people, you know, cooks go into these kitchens. Um, I don't know. Those just weren't the Fantastic Fours we wanted. No, and it's also going, that last one especially, is, you know, bringing to life the ultimate Fantastic mm-hmm. Four line, which is I enjoy, which is great, sure. but... But, you know, come on, let's have fun with this. Let's have fun with it. I would not place it in the 60s only out of 
the fact that we have this rich universe happening now in the present day. And Marvel has done a good job of saying, okay, well, Hank Pym and those folks and the S.H.I.E.L.D. folks and Peggy Carter, and they, they there was a Mar MCU that was active in the 50s and 60s, in the then in the 80s and things like that. You could do seen. both. You could definitely do both. First but, Avenger. But you I know? think that what we've got here is we've got a... Re- re- we, we have a vacuum on scientists in the MCU. Yes. Spoiler for Endgame. Tony dies. <laughs> so, uh, and, and by now, come on. In Geekscape, as you all know, that by now we probably won't get Spider-Man back in the MCU, and he's the mini Tony Stark. Yeah. At the moment, so we, we definitely have a vacuum on scientists. We need a science. We need a science That's guy. True. We're gonna have Reed as our science guy. Yeah. So I think he fits in the MCU right now. However, you want to introduce him. Where have they been this whole time? Well, who knows? They were just normal people. Because it's gonna be an origin. They were not in the MCU up to this point. Because you know what? They were just normal background people, but they're about to not be normal background people because they're going to get on a rocket, go into space, and things are going to go their way. I like that. So, yeah. so it explains why they're not in the MCU yeah. up to this point. No, that's Because otherwise it's like, whoa, whoa, where were the mutants? Everybody's like, well, if the X-Men were there the entire time, where were they during Ultra, you know, Ultron and, and, and Thanos and all this stuff? And I'm like, okay, well, you could introduce the multiverse, and definitely the Avengers did because Captain America made the non-Captain America decision to go back to a timeline that already had a Captain America frozen in it and fuck his girlfriend, which was fucking weird. <laughs> But hey, if you can, he just left. <laughs> he left that Captain America in ice. I have such a problem with that. He's like, hmm, should I go and wake myself up and then go back to my timeline? No, I'm gonna fuck his girl and probably feed him to a polar bear, take his shield, and give it to Sam to cover my evidence because they can never know I was here. You're as ethical <laughs> as your options. So, 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 listen. You can clean that up with the next sure. Avengers villain, which I want to be Kang. Oh, beautiful. Because Love you, it. Because you guys went and fucked with shit you shouldn't have yeah. done, which is time travel, and you woke up Kane the Conqueror, and now Great. he's coming for a Kirby. reckoning. Kirby. Straight up Kirby. This is my Fantastic Four. It's got Doom. It's got a pretty close to Kirby in, in Stanley opening, but Doom goes back to Latveria scarred. He commits patricide because his father sees him as an embarrassment. He's scarred. You have to wear this mask now. If you're going to stand on the fucking parapets in front of our beloved people... We need to cover your face. And he hates his father. He poisons his face. He kills his father. Causes his mom to go insane and commit suicide. Which is the story. Yeah. But obviously she was involved in the arcane. He takes on the arcane. He starts fucking with powers that aren't, you know, that are otherworldly. And he's going to aim those powers straight into the U.S. at the Fantastic Four. We are talking about a Bin Laden versus United States type archetype. He's worshipped in his beloved country. But... He hates the United States, as exemplified by the, by the Fantastic Four, and especially Reed Richards. And he says, I'm going to get back to Richards. I have access to this power. Richards doesn't have access to the power. I'm going to open it up. It's from a different dimension. I'm going to point it right at Richards. But he's messing with stuff he can't control. It's the Annihilation Wave. He wakes up Annihilus. And then he's like, Reed, I need help turning this off. Like, Great. I love it. Yeah, he wakes up. It's have a you really, got some really, really here? it's a fantastic four movie where they take on the annihilation wave the problem is we had ultron and all his ultron bots we had avengers one and all those shatari uh, you know soldiers and it's just another mindless wave of bad guys so i don't know if the annihilation wave is a great idea unless you can really make annihilus well you don't make it about the force, wave yeah you make it's it about, about the character and the character is again like You've got this hubris between these two men. I mean, it's I mean, the Fantastic Four is some Shakespearean shit. Yeah. You know, I, I love this Fantastic Four. I mean, Ben Grimm alone. These archetypes are phenomenal. Yeah. 
they wake up the like, he wakes up the annihilation wave. It's not about this other dimension. It's not about the negative zone and stuff. He wakes up the fucking annihilation wave and he points it at, at Reed and he's like, "Okay, I don't actually know how to turn the tap off." Now that I've actually like in, in the Fantastic Four by this point are are beloved because there's no Avengers, no Tony Stark. Right. They're kind of all over the galaxy. The Fantastic Four are now the heroes of the Earth. And he's like, well, this Reed thing just got out of control and I hate it. He has to watch this through a mask in his own country. They don't even have fucking basic cable in Liberia. And he has to watch this shit. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, I'm going to point the Annihilation wave in it. I'm going to make a deal with Annihilus, take out Reed. And Annihilus is like, sure, I'll take out Reed, but then I'm going to claim everything. Yeah. And, 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 And Victor has to be like, Reed, I don't know how to turn this off. We need to work together again. Terrific. My, my hubris has led me here, and then the Fantastic Four have to... Let's go. Let's do it. I fucking, I'm making the action it. figures as we speak. Geekscapist, that's the story for the Fantastic Four. <laughs> I hope you like it. Um, all right. Well, and, I, and obviously, you messed with that shit, and you got Galactus coming next. Oh, yeah. yeah you you got it. Yeah. It's, it's got to end with the Herald. It's a natural progression. It's got to end with the Herald of Galactus. Yeah. Yeah. Because that was... I mean, we need... That needs to be set right. Geekscapist. That whole yeah. story needs to be set right. Yeah. Cinematically. Um, Geekscape, have we proven our uh, merit with you guys? <laughs> like, oh, Make all um, of these ideas. Well, I think we yeah. should listen to these guys. What, uh, you know, I have a couple weak spots. I know we're, we're, we're like mind-melding pretty fluidly here, but there, as a geek, I have a lot of... I have a couple geek spot, uh, blind spots. You don't want me on your trivia team if it's going to be heavy on Harry Potter? Yeah, me neither. I'm, I... Doctor Who? Doctor Who is kind of my jam. Like, okay, I good. do... I do enjoy uh, pretty much every incarnation. Okay, you can join the eighteen. You can join my team then. Okay, <laughs> we ha- we, hey, Geeks, we have somebody. Now I'm not one of those guys who because there's the wand and shit. Oh no, I got the wand. I, I, I have the sonic screwdrivers from <laughs> okay. every single doctor. Yes. No, no. Let's not let's let's not get crazy here. I mean, but I can't. I'm not. There, see, there's levels of geekdom because I like so many things. There are certain people who like, I know what, uh, you know, uh, the master said in this particular episode. No, you still episode. have a life, is what you're just saying. Yeah, right. No, yeah. I can't no, hold can't all do. that no, stuff no, in no, my the, head. Well, you don't come out of it. No, no. You don't come and out then of it. I'm otaku. I'm like the nerds mm-hmm. in Japan that, you know, sit in their room yeah, and, then and you're buying panties, marry a pillow. Yeah, then, you're buying, then you're getting fucking pillows with the rump, with the, with the rump <laughs> shaped on it. With an eyeless yeah. on them, you know? Yeah, you're like, Ugh. Oh, it's got a hole cut Point out. that way. No way. Um, so, so, so the other one, and I'm looking at your Mako figures. Is uh, I'm I appreciate Star Trek a lot. I think Star Trek is awesome. Um, oh, here we go. But Star Trek is your jam. I do love Star Trek, and I get sometimes a little bit defensive when it comes to the Star Wars versus Star Trek. There really shouldn't be a rivalry. No, one's fantasy and be- one's science yeah, fiction. Yeah, one they're very different, but. Star Wars fans tend to get in Star Trek fans' face a little more often than the other way around. It's pretty easy, in to, my su- experience. It's pretty easy to settle. Neither have maintained their quality over the years, and every now and then you have an uptick of quality with a new, fresh, sure. creative team. Uh, although I would, I would disagree with you a little bit. You think on Star that. Trek's been consistent the entire time? I think it has been more consistent. Absolutely. And I would also say it's also unfair to Star Wars because simply there has been more Star Trek. Yeah, in, in Geekscape, uh, on the Geekscape Facebook page, um, I posted a uh, newspaper clipping from when they announced the, and this is right after a movie I went to see in the theaters with my dad, uh, Star Trek Four, 
uh, with the whales, and I love that movie so much. It's fun. It's a fun movie. It's it's not the best Star Trek movie. Uh, it's but a it's fun a fun movie. movie. It was a good way to bring non-Star Trek people in. Absolutely. And I think at the age of whatever single-digit age I was at when I saw it, that definitely worked for me. Um, around the same time, they released the announcement for Star Trek The Next Generation, and there was a newspaper clipping that I posted a, a, a screen grab of on the Geekscape page Go and look for it because uh, okay. these people were vehemently opposed to the reboot of their Star Trek, and obviously so it was just amazing. We look at Star Trek: The Next Generation; it's fantastic. Yeah, and and, and to to be fair, uh, the first couple seasons of that, Patrick Stewart was always solid from right. the very beginning. He's right, and but still finding his legs. Yeah, but but the this the first couple seasons were a little too much Wesley Crusher mm-hmm. and. And uh, kind of don't hold up when it comes to reviewings, right? Uh, aside from a handful of episodes, but um, but yeah, that what always gets me is like, look, try it, because if you're a Star Trek fan, you're like, how dare they do this without the original cast? Well, look, these guys, let them let them enjoy their golden years, you know, give them a break, let try something different. Worst comes to worst. No one's burning the original episodes no. of Star Trek. And I think that J.J. did a great job of saying, okay, well, I have to make this a new Star Trek for my own abilities and my own storytelling interests. Uh, I will make a divergent timeline and keep that one intact. And we're going to do that. And, and I actually love, I, I like First Contact. I like movies like that. that I like some of the I do. Movies. I do like First, First Contact. Contact, I think, is a, a really great fun movie. movie. It's a really well done movie, and I yeah. think Jonathan Frakes, who also did a Thunderbirds movie, I think Jonathan Frakes, we're bringing it all back, Geeks yeah. Davis, I think Jonathan Frakes is a great Good director. comedy in that movie, too. I, I love uh, it. The I, right tone of comedy. Not yeah. trying to hit you too hard with it. Yeah. And, Character and, driven. And I think that the that the that that some of the the problems in the JJ-verse, in, in not completely doing its own thing, because things like, uh, you don't need starships if you can just teleport to... Klingon planets and stuff like that. Like, like in the second yeah. movie, it, I think that some of the adherence to 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 shout outs to the original series started to take it take the wheels off of it a little bit. When yeah, you have I things mean, like the like the I'm always your friend type of imagery sure. and stuff like doing that. doing the mirror uh, version of Wrath of Khan. When I watched it, it was funny with that movie because when I wa- I like I hated the first one. I hated sure. the first no, J. Well, J. Well, Abrams. No, no, why movie. is that? Uh, I think it's one of the worst written screenplays ever <laughs> in the Jesus. universe. I enjoyed it, but I'm not it's as versed. It's so bad. It's so there's so many logic flaws, <laughs> and there's one point where they shoot the captain off the ship. Okay. And it was literally like, "Hey, let's go to Act Two. Let's okay. I'm physically shoot yeah. myself into the next scene." And stuff like that, I hate. And I just, but here's what I did well, like you about gotta, it. You got to get to Act Two. <laughs> I mean, well, look. You have to admit that the, the story it did, has to progress. It, it did go. It we did get to act two. I mean, as far as roller coaster rides go, like JJ, JJ makes some good roller coaster he, rides. But, but there's the there's, roller coaster. We've been is on there. those rides a lot. Yeah, there's lots of track. Yeah, and it's go. It's not really going anywhere. Sometimes, yeah. I mean, I, I find like some of the things that that he chooses to celebrate as a filmmaker are things he doesn't that, like are, are things that were. Well, it's like it's like we're too we're very familiar with this stuff. It's like it's like I want to see new stuff, and there's a lot of familiarity in a lot of those things. And I look, and I don't mind messing with the characters and having Spock be a little bit more emotional, and having you know, there's like there's like out 
outward kissing sure. on the ship. And I'm like, look, just in a simple military situation, you this is know. not happening. This is but, not but fine, whatever. You like, like a little grab the, ass. The, the <laughs> a little cast, grab ass on the track. The cast is great, though. The cast is great. Cast, I have no problem with the cast, and I feel like that uh, by the time I got, we got to the second one, what I liked about that one more was I thought the characterizations were starting to work a little bit okay. better. And I, Cumberbatch I enjoyed. It's just that by the time you get to the end, you're like, okay, it's, the, it's Rathacon yeah. again. Yeah. And why do that? Why not sure. just, why not take it someplace else? And that's what I agree with. And, and, I, and I feel like some of that familiarity, obviously, with Episode 7 and being so similar to Episode 4 and... Um, and I was talking last night. Uh, actually, really cool guy. I want to bring on the on the show. Uh, he he directed Lawnmower Man. Oh, and uh, we got along really well uh, yesterday at, at an event. Um, and we were just talking back and forth about movies and VR and um, and uh, and I'm and I'm I'm blanking on uh, on his name, uh, but I. Uh, Fix it and post. Well, his last name's Leonard, and, and <laughs> I only know that because it's, uh, I have his um, his email in my head, and I know his last name. One of my fellow IMDb will tell me actually <laughs> did, I think, one of the first versions of Lawnmower Man. Oh, really? Uh, as a film, and he's in Wikipedia. His well, name's we- James uh, Gonis. Uh, I'm, I'm just gonna look this up right now, Geekscape. But um, but when it comes to Star Trek, uh, when you when you have these films, and I do think that the that the JJ verse has started to show some 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 early rust because it feels like they aren't made by by Star Trek loyalists or people that are that like really ver- that like it, you know. Um, that now we have this idea of oh, Brett Leonard. There we go, Brett Leonard. I met Brett Leonard yesterday, and he was super cool. I was gonna say, yeah, never mind. That's cool. Um, Brett's cool, and I'll get Brett on the show. Geeks gave us to talk about um, virtuosity with Denzel Washington. That's all we're gonna talk about. But, <laughs> but he did that one too. Yes, please. Um, but uh, we were talking about JJ and the things he celebrates, and now we have this idea that Quentin Tarantino is gonna come in and do a Star Trek. But you're looking forward to Picard and the CBS stuff. Do you watch CBS Discovery? Do you watch, yeah, the, I, I the, watched the Discovery one? Here's the problem with that: is that of course we love Doug Jones. Yes. Doug Jones could do no wrong. He's incredible. Yeah. But uh, I got about four episodes in, and it felt like homework. It felt like a long slog. It felt kind of passionless. Mm. The characterization was a little pretty thin. Is the tone pretty serious? Well, it's not even the serious tone. Like, I don't mind serious. Mm -hmm. Again, it felt like there were a lot of logic problems. Those uniforms are terrible oh no oh no the uniforms god bless them it you know it looks like they were made for like they were going to open up a star trek casino right and you know the waiters were going to wear that but uh i i hear it gets better Mm -hmm. and eventually i will go because i'm a star trek completist i will eventually watch everything i hear it gets better you've seen the cartoons you've seen all that i love the cartoons Mm -hmm. i love and a lot of the later shows like probably my favorite star trek series is Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Wow. And that's the one that is sort of the red-headed stepchild, you know, that no one, people, you know, after The Next Generation was so popular, this one was kind of under the radar. Weird. And it was strange. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's really great. And there's, uh, what is it, uh, Ronald D. Moore, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, did a lot of work on that show and, you know, later went on to do Battlestar Galactica. But there's a lot of really interesting ideas. There's some great comedy. 
Um, they do a lot with exploring, you know, religion mm-hmm. and. But um, I think I think sci-fi should do those things. Yeah, yeah. Well, to me, and that's what that's why I liked it because it it felt m- more like science fiction. And the next generation, I'm not going to fall. I mean, they 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 were the trailblazers. Mm-hmm. They showed you that you could do a television series, a science fiction series, make it look beautiful, and take it seriously, do great storytelling, and 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 it really did. It's like, you know, the modern day Star Trek. Well, some of those episodes are almost um, Twilight Zone in concept, where you're like, whoa, that was mind-blowing. Yeah, yeah, and that's what science fiction should be. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, I, and, and that is always the thing that, and not to go back to necessarily the whole Star, Star Trek, Star Wars thing, but that's why I always lean more towards Star Trek because of the ideas. And right. I, loved, I loved the thought-provoking nature of that type of science fiction a little bit better. I mean, I love... Who, who, you have to be dead inside to not love the first Star Wars. <laughs> and, and, and I think that Star Wars, when it's good, doesn't go veer towards the science. It veers towards the religion. That, uh, yes, yeah. And, 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 and it more veers like, towards like... More okay, like Tolkien almost. Well, yeah, yeah. It, it's like... You have this Zen Taoist teacher in like Yoda and Obi Wan, and right. when those when that when those themes are, are front and center, I think that Star, Star Wars is at its best. I agree. And we lost it. I think the prequels were yeah. like, oh, let's throw in some science, and there's midichlorians and things like that. And this isn't, <laughs> you know, and it's like it's like we didn't even have Jedi like masters. Commerce. Yeah, we didn't even. That's have, exciting. We didn't even have Jedi masters coming back as spirits at this point. Yeah. And let let's face it, Geekscape is if Yoda comes back as a spirit, so should Mace Windu. So should sure. mo- all those people on the council because they're all Jedi elders, and they all got taken out like little bitches. And <laughs> and now we have this Star Wars eight, which I actually I was talking. That's what I was talking about uh, yesterday with with Brett was that even though there were some ideas in there that were not that great, um, like grab bombs and vacuum mm-hmm. yeah. uh, in outer space. Yeah, uh, Ryan Johnson was trying to break a lot of this stuff and get back to the religion of the Jedi and things like the tree and the imagery and burning it down and. Uh, the concept of a soul and what your what your what your the job Luke is. stuff in that movie the is Luke the stuff. best part of the film. Yes, and and, 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 and Mark Hamill's so good. Mark that. Hamill's great, and I'm sure there'll be some ghost Luke in the one that we're gonna see here pretty soon. But yeah. but uh, in that way, I agree with you that Star Trek and Star Wars should not be compared. A Tarantino Star Trek. What is that like? Uh, I can't wait. Do it. I love it. I don't, you know, I I am not certainly not one of those people. It's like you know, I've got my little monolithic thing that can never be changed. Mm-hmm. I want to take a shot at it. Let's sure. see if it works. And if it doesn't, okay. But I still have my other shows. You haven't yeah. ruined anything for me. Yeah. Uh, I I yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Big I, time. I I saw um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Did you see it? I have not seen it. Yet. I, I, I'm the last, last. To I'm, the show. I'm, I'm going to agree with a lot of people that it's overly long, uh, but the things he does are super impressive. Like his designs for building tension, his appreciation of what things looked like, and pacing us through a well, maybe not pacing us through a story, but some of his asides, his gags, his jokes, the performances, things like that are a lot of fun to watch. And it's almost like an alternate universe, right? Of Which is something I didn't realize until 30 minutes left in the movie when things started to delineate from what we knew historically happened okay. at the time. So I was like, oh, this is turning into a little bit of an Elseworlds. 
I like this a lot. And but that sounds wonderful to me. Yeah, it, it, in a in a two hour package or less, it's super awesome. Uh, all right, now I'm hearing that there's going to be an extended version of this movie, and I'm like, okay, well, you <laughs> okay. know what? There, there's Fine. only one of him. Sure. There's only one of him. It's not everybody's not every, nobody else is doing this. Yeah. So let's let him do it. Sure. Let's let him do it. Sit through it. Three, four, five hours, whatever he delivers. <laughs> right. Let's let's do it because he's the only one doing it. And Christopher Nolan, he's the only one doing it. And if you're if you think the movies are overly long, and they may be, too bad. He's only doing these a couple times a year, uh, a, a decade. Sit through them. Right. He's the only one doing it. He's not erasing anything. The no. remake stuff, like I'm, they're yeah, not you'll erasing anything. You always have anything. Pulp Fiction. You always, always have, have Kill Bill. I'm always going to have my best version of I Am Legend. It yeah. was the book. Well, right. And the version of my head that John Carpenter did uh, in the 80s with Kurt Russell. Well, oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's a version that doesn't exist. It happened in my head after they made The Thing in Big Trouble in Little China. Kurt Russell and John Carpenter went and did I That would have been incredible. In, uh, in Los Angeles. That, that happened in my head, Gapus. You have to plug an HDMI seen, in the back uh, of my head to have it work. The Last Man on Earth with Vincent uh, yeah, Price? Yeah, Price. That's my favorite. I think that's the best because you're yeah. not going to sit there and think that the Omega Man's the good even as its own no. thing. Although... It's, it's got some great lines. It's pretty entertaining, but it's not Anglo-Saxon, I am legend. baby. <laughs> yeah. When they're doing the blood transfusion. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Charles and Heston goes, that's 100% Anglo-Saxon, baby. <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit. He had lived. Oh, we got some <laughs> badass here. When you see the woman on the motorcycle and it's oh. a dude with a mustache oh. and, like, a bad wig, and I'm like, yeah. they're not even trying. And, they're and you know, and instead of having them be these savage, scary vampires, vampires yeah. a bunch of guys in cloaks. They look like bad boys. can't mo- even run, they look, like the, they look like evil Eloy from the, from the from, you know what I mean? In the, the time machine, when yeah, they did yeah, the time yeah, machine movie. Sure. Or the Morlocks. They, they look like the Morlocks, but they look like the Morlocks wearing the Eloy's clothes or something. Like, they look like they're in robes and peace. Like, I'm like, what the, what is this? Is you ever too, in that movie, the robes are very clean. Yeah. Which, I, then <laughs> the I need to, I, I start writing fan fiction in my head yeah. of like, where, where, where's the, you know, where's the brotherhood you guys cleaners? suck blood. Like, <laughs> That shit doesn't get everywhere? Yeah. Like, we, like you don't have blood stains you all over your clothes? soak quickly. They have a lot yeah. of soda water okay. on hand all right. to get that stain. Okay, okay, <laughs> I'm legend. I see you. I see you. <laughs> okay, so you're pretty open-minded as a geek. Like, we're really getting quite the picture of it. I mean, in the stand-up, is the stand-up something that, like, you're passionate about? Or, like, is it mostly well, stand- going on I, have, I, I don't really do too much stand-up these days anymore. You can't. You'll kill yourself because it's so, I like, did it for 30 years. The atmosphere on stand-up, and I was telling this to somebody else, is like... I think a lot of people go to the default of it's a it's a hard atmosphere to be around for very long because I feel like a lot of people it's rough. I you know what I I enjoyed it. It uh, it really gave me my career and my life. And uh, I mean, ninety percent of my friends are comics, and it was great. But it's also very hard, and it the road life. I kind of got tired of. I think that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, and I put in. I think you know, I, over 30 years, mm-hmm. I did it. I feel like <laughs> right. I put in my time, and you know, I kind of transitioned into more writing and producing. And you know, if you look me up on IMDb or whatever, you know, I went from that kind of stuff to doing like you know, Beware the Batman, and so it was all like I got into stuff that I was genuinely interested and. In, and I feel like I've been very lucky living the nerd dream. If there was an atmosphere, because now you see the resurgence of the geek, 
uh, in places like stand up. You know, uh, you've done things for Nerdist, and so Chris is definitely an example for it in places sure, like yeah. Nerd Melt. Now you have these these what we would have thought were oasises twenty years ago of these of this geek comedy stuff. Um, would the, uh, would you still want to rock and roll if there were if there was something in like the, a more welcoming the, kind of more, atmosphere for a, that a, a culture that was familiar to you that you you know I always felt like with with stand, there's a stand up culture and it's a and it's a club yeah and yeah. and 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 that's kind of when I was doing stand up I'm like oof but then uh, in developing Geekscape and you've got your podcast Monster Party you start to build a community right and I think community has to be in the important backbone to anything that you start to pursue because without it there yeah. are times when you're creating things and you're like I don't fucking know who this is for what the hell am I doing this is horrible right and you need that community there to kind of be your um, not a safety net but just sort of your Support. reassurance it's like oh yeah someone will care someone if likes I make this, this. Yeah. if I build it they will come I, I you know for all the time that you've been doing this podcast too long it's I, too long <laughs> <laughs> but I know, I'm sure that we, you know, we've been doing Monster Party for like six years now. And since we started it, you know, we've got all these fans who will like mail us stuff and uh, will, you know, uh, send us a picture of like, you know, hey, they went on this vacation and they brought their Monster Party t-shirt. Awesome. Or, yeah. and, it's, and it really makes you feel good. And the, the fact that people will say, you know, I'm going through a rough patch in my life and I listen to you guys, you know, crack wise and have a good time and it really makes things better. And it's it's pretty wonderful. The the where it gets a little strange when you were talking about how, you know, we are in this it's kind of like this golden age of nerddom, mm. which is beautiful because now we're getting the movies that we always wanted. You know, I love horror, so there's like there's certainly not a drought of horror movies. No. Uh but it's a it's a balancing act of because when I was growing up being a sci-fi nerd and a horror nerd, you should have got your ass kicked. Well, yeah, it was like yeah. something you kind of had to be careful about who you told mm-hmm. about, and and it was this cult thing that was yours. And when you wanted to watch a movie, you had to you know make sure you knew when it was going to be on broadcast TV. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a reason there were posters in the windows of our shops, guys. It's the same zone. Yeah, it was the same as like going to the cloisters to get a hand job. Okay, guys, sure. like, right, like, right, we, yeah. we did not want to be seen. <laughs> right. We didn't want you to know that we were doing this yeah. perversion. All right, because right. it was not accepted by society. Sure, yeah. And, and don't you feel like now that everybody it's cool and everybody's yeah. into you go to Comic Con and you're like, oh my god, yeah. where were you when I, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, and and it's it's great in one way, but in the other way, it's like. It's it's sort of the reason why when I find a new thing, some obscure, you know, a Japanese tokusatsu series that nobody knows about, it's like, ooh, yeah, I, I got I got my little private <laughs> thing this? again that nobody what knows about. It's just my, me. I, I got a little bit of my identity back. Yeah, yeah, I'm not just <laughs> part of the masses. Is there a threat to loss of identity with, when things are popularized to this extent? When you have um, Bros and Stacys and Chads walking around <laughs> like. <laughs> Yo, Avengers yeah. was tight. Like, 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 does it hurt? Does, is there? Well, a, a there's a little of bit of I, I, where I go in my mind is my my knee jerk reaction is kind of a little bit of be elitism, mm-hmm. you know, where it's like, sure, you bought this, you know, but I I did the work. Be careful, I did. <laughs> Careful, <laughs> because I think that, that 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 you follow that trail too far now. No, no, it's not a good road. And you start doxing people. On the yeah, internet, no, no, and no, you no, start no. being like, "What the fuck are they doing? Putting females in a Star Wars movie?" 
Oh, no, no, no. I'm it's like, certainly not going down that Yeah, road, I'm like, it? shit, how did you know the fucking Rodians are even male? Like, they're yeah. fucking green. No, I love all that stuff. Like, and and, and the, also, the, when you look at how female characters have been done in comic books, you know, especially during, like, the, I would just say, like, the Bronze Age or, you know, sure. that where we're at right now, we've come a very long way. You don't want a barbed wire movie again? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Show, show me what the script. Was it? it was like, it was, uh, I mean, remember the Show height, me the artwork. I mean, the height of that 90s stuff where it was like, guys, I hate to tell you, they may not make a Danger Girl movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they they may not make a Vampirella film. Like, I... Yeah, you may and not I, be getting and, a lady death. God, I love Vampirella. Sure, but I, I I don't really know if it's like Ghost Rider for me. Well, it's iconography. It's yeah, not necessarily it looks hysteric. it looks great, yeah. but I don't know if necessarily know if I need the story. We've had a few at bats with Ghost Rider. Um, I would like someone who lives in that in those cultures, the the the, the kind of biker culture and the the seventies appreciation culture and the the, the horror culture. Uh, to take to, to take on Ghost Rider, and this might be really unpopular because his output recently, I don't think is popular with a lot of horror fans. But if somebody like Rob Zombie came along and said, "I want to take a crack at Ghost Rider," I'd be interested because I'm, absolutely, yeah, because Ghost Rider should be rock and roll, and Ghost Rider, and Ghost Rider should be horror, and we should and it should kind of not give a horror. shit about that stuff. That's it, Ghost thing. Rider should be a horror film. That, yeah. It's it's like uh, you know I was watching a little bit of. On and Man the, uh, Thing and Man Thing should be a horror movie. Or, or, should be a horror right, right. Movie. Well, well like the, what they were doing on DC Universe with, with Swamp, Swamp Thing, thing yeah. to, which is almost there in my opinion. I haven't watched it. But. I watched a few, and um, you know, storytelling, mm-hmm. acting wise, little hit and miss. I'm a little patent completionist, so yeah. I'll watch it <laughs> right. eventually. But they, but like, but the Swamp Thing stuff is great, mm. and that's how you do Ghost Rider. You got to make it scary. Make it scary. Make it scary. Now. That being said, it With might, Disney logo you might it. have a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want a plushie. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know what? Deadpool has been the proven success. Oh, and I think, I think Deadpool has been the proven success. I'm not Alan Horn. <laughs> I don't speak for Alan Horn. I've never met Alan Horn. Okay. And Alan Horn has stockholders he has to listen to. Right. And, and I do not envy him that position. No. Um, Disney knows what they're doing, as we can tell. Um, they've inherited this blockbuster character. He's an R-rated character. We have to wait to see the treatment of Deadpool, and then start thinking about like how do we like is there a, a horror shingle that Marvel can do? I mean, obviously Kevin Feige is the kind of person who'd want something like that. Who'd be like, oh, let's sure. start stretching the muscles of some of these characters. Blade, we have a Blade announcement uh, with well, this. The boys, you know, the boys. Like, how are we going to end up with these things? But but we're talking specifically with Disney. And Disney being that the mouse house and having kids and and, and the story yeah. that that they're not going to release movies over PG thirteen. Yeah, that they got. How are they going to do they Deadpool? Need, how are they going to do a Man Thing movie? How are they going to do Blade? They need their lines of demarcation where mm-hmm. it's a, it's like DC had Vertigo, and that's how they do it. They just go, "This is a different, you know, entity." Is we that are, what Fox becomes? What's that? Is that what Fox becomes? Is, does the Fox logo mean The Simpsons? Does the Fox logo sure. mean Family Guy? Does the Fox logo mean Deadpool? Does the Fox logo mean it's a little bit different? Alien. I would How does think, Disney release an Aliens movie? I would think as an entertainment juggernaut, 
like they are, that you want to make as much money as you can without damaging your core identity, which I don't think they're in danger of. As long as, long as they, as long as the, the Disney, you know, with the nice sure. little kind of uh, you know, fairy, uh, mm-hmm. you know, logo sure. is, is there. It's Tinkerbell. It's Tinkerbell. it's Tinkerbell. I was searching for it. It's, and I no, love Tinkerbell cool. too, which is straight. I get it. <laughs> I've uh, got a thing with Tinkerbell actually. Well, okay, so I get a couple bright spots. That Mandalorian trailer was a bright spot for me. The Mandalorian trailer they released at D23 this past weekend was like the first time I was super excited about Star Wars. I think in over, I mean, I think that Rogue One excited me. Yeah. That excited me. Um, I don't, I didn't need a continuation of the Skywalker stuff after the prequels. Eh. I was like, if this is what you're going to do with it, you might as well not do it at all. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and, and, but I do want stories in the Star Wars universe, and that means some really diverse corners of the Star Wars universe. And I think Rogue One gave us hints of that. I think The Mandalorian looks like it'll deliver. That's a really good direction for them to go in. Yeah. And, and I, think, I think they could do all the above. I think they could do Aliens movies. They could do really scary horror films. It's simply just a matter of making it clear to their, uh, their market that these are different entities. Mm-hmm. They're not... Uh, it's you know everything isn't the theme park. So again, how do you put Blade in the MCU and make it a horror movie? Well, when you because some motherfuckers just love ice skating uphill. <laughs> well, I think roller skating uphill. I, 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 I go back once again. I go back to Vertigo mm-hmm. because Vertigo, the Vertigo line would include Batman and the other superheroes. Now they were sprinkled in. Sure. And did you hear the news today that Sandman just got optioned at Netflix as a series? I did not know that. And you read those early issues of Sandman, and they have Batman in sure. there. Sure, yeah, like that. yeah. And Swamp Thing, all mm-hmm. the Alan Moore, John Tottleman stuff, which is, oh, so great. Yeah. And, you know, you've got, you know, Batman, Dead Man, and, you know, there's... They could... I they love could, a Dead Man series. Oh, that's like the, that's that would like be the great. Quantum Leap series we've sure. been waiting for, folks. Yeah, a yeah. Dead Man the series Spectre. would be great. Uh-huh. Spectre. And I think that you can do that, but you've, you've got to give it its own look, its own imprint, and... I would love to see Marvel take all the... Like, we were talking about... I asked you the first comic you ever bought. Mm-hmm. My first one was Werewolf by Night. Oh, wow. Mike Plug. Mike Plug. Wow. And, uh, I love that book. And then you had... But that came out of Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. No, that's, that, that's Man-Wolf. That's Man-Wolf. My bad, Geekscape. Is but, detract points from my score. Thank you. But that would be cool to have Man-Wolf in there. Mm-hmm. I don't Man-Wolf know if I'd give Jay him Jonah the... Jameson's son. Yeah. I don't know if I would give him the yellow costume. Yeah. But uh, there's a way you can make it work. Yeah. But do Tomb of Dracula, uh, The Living Mummy. You mm-hmm. know, you create your own... Uh, with, I guess what they were trying to do with Universal, but failed so horribly with the Tom Cruise mummy. But who doesn't want a monsterverse? I want a monsterverse. Yes, of course. But, I mean, the, but, kind but, of the first shared universe. You, you know what? It wasn't though, because Van Helsing exists. What's up? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it was. Wow, just, I, I, I got to chill there was, for a second. It, uh, but uh, but but I think uh, we, we also have the Monster Squad. Which was a we great do. version of that. For I did. Kids. I do love that. Movie. I love the Monster Squad. Yeah, yeah. Um, tell me about Monster Party. This is this, your six-year-old podcast where you sit around and you hang out with people and you talk. This monsters. is what happens. We uh, so with my uh, co-host uh, Sean Sheridan, mm-hmm. Larry Stroth, and James Gonis. And what we do is we the whole thing started kind of from Comic Con. Sure. Because with Comic Con, what we did was we would 
enjoy the con, and then we'd go to somebody's room. Someone would have their DVD player set up, and we'd be watching trailers from horror films, and we'd be drinking, and that would then lead to an argument about fast and slow zombies, Japanese show, Ultraman, or How many or people would go to this hotel room and like geek out after? Well, it would be it would be our the what is really the core uh cast of our show mm-hmm. and then it would be my wife the, everyone else's wife she's into this stuff yes she is so your wife is into this stuff she's cool. i mean there'd stuff? be no way that i could do no. this if she was not down now when we were living in our studio apartment it was a little bit different because i have so much stuff and it kept creeping out of the designated areas oh my god it burst to the scenes yeah and she'd, you know, there'd be something on a shelf. Let's she'd go camping go, this weekend. You open up the closet yeah. and, like, a fucking DeLorean <laughs> yes, yeah, hits yeah, you in the face. Yeah, yeah. yeah, And she'd, you know, there'd be something on a shelf and she would look at it and she'd go, why is that there? Mm. Like, oh, okay. I took I it out it. to clean it and I didn't put it back. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought I would just leave it there. Uh, yeah, my storage unit is full and I don't know how... I had a, a, a geekscapers who've listened to the show know that I was divorced three years ago and all that stuff went into the... The stuff that was the, the, the garage stuff went into storage unit stuff. And um, I only go to the storage unit now, Geekscape, is to get stuff for Comic-Con. Our Comic-Con booth stuff is there, and whenever you order a Geekscape t-shirt, I go to the storage unit and I get a couple out. But uh, I have to start integrating that stuff into my new life, and I don't know how. It takes, it takes, a, uh, it takes a partner to help you with uh, figuring out where everything goes. Find me a partner. <laughs> I'll work on it. Matt. I got a couple ideas. Okay. Uh, and then Ikea okay. and some glass cases okay. change I have, everything. I have, the, I have one of those glass cases. Yeah. Um, you have uh, seven just in my... Yeah, there are two upstairs, okay. and we're going to put two more on that end. Wow. Yeah, I, I, I see seven. I have two. Yeah. But no, I have one. And uh, and so, but it, you know, this is a this is this is impressive. And and so, what you guys did was this is a couple of years ago. Over the years, you guys would go to Comic Con, hang out afterwards, get each other super worked up over all this stuff. Yeah, it's like swingers. You get yourself super worked up in a hotel room yeah. with your friends. Sure, sure. And then, and well, then let's watch hey, some trailers. Hey, let's do, yeah. And and we initially they that, tried to do ren fairs work that way. Yeah. Yeah, well, we don't want them to work that way. No, 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 but no, they no. do. The one thing we didn't do is cosplay during this. That would have been too much oh. excitement for one hotel room. You know what? But it, who it's, knows? It's only weird it, if you climax. <laughs> like it's until then, you're just kind of answering questions, right? You know, we're yeah. not going to kink shame on Geekscape. It's an exploration. It's an exploration. You should hear half the shit I do in the Geekscape <laughs> hotel room. Geekscape is <laughs> Matt Kelly should do. It. Derek can do their own podcast special on that one. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Play a little game. Yeah, we play some games. But, I mean, to turn that into a show, our goal was to make it as much like that environment sure. as we could. So what we do is, like, we would love to have you on the show. I'd love to. And what we would do is we'd invite you over. We would have food for you. I like food. We have a whole, you know, we, <laughs> we, whatever you want. Bribery is good. Yeah, we have food, food whatever. Like it's starting to sound stuff. like a key party again. It's good. Well, it's starting to sound like some weird swinger stuff. We're, look, baby steps. Okay. But uh, then we uh, have some drinks. We sit down. We go for usually about two hours. Okay. And I, I run Geekscape. I'm not doing anything. Oh, come on. <laughs> come Let's on. Let's make this happen. It's Geekscape. Yeah. 
And sometimes it gets uh, testy, but oh. in a lighthearted, fun... In the topics of, like, if a Geekscapist is to be like, hey, I'm going to go check out Monster Party, what, what are some of the topics in the episode? Do you guys just go freewheeling, or is, the, is this episode... There's always a topic. There's always, like, today we're going to be talking about the new Godzilla movie, yeah, and the history done, of Godzilla. You know, or, giant monsters, sure. or, uh, you know, we did a Karloff and Lugosi one. Sure. Then we'll do things... That are a little bit more, you know, kind of a less sort of research topic. Sure. A little more off the cuff. Right. Who wins in a like, fight between the Terminator and a Robocop? Literally, that is one of our episodes. Mm-hmm. It's called, we've done four rounds of who would win. Between Terminator and Robocop? Well, whoever. Everybody brings a list of their who would win RoboCop matchup wins. and then we discuss it. Robocop wins because let me tell you something about Skynet, you dumb fucks. <laughs> Skynet are dumb fucks, all right? Skynet, if, if you're listening and you've got plans for the future, Skynet, to send back Terminator robots, why don't you just send them back as, like, a grandmother? This, these Terminator robots can kill anybody, okay? Like, you can't, it's a robot. It's a killer robot. Why are you making them look like someone who stands out like a sore thumb, all right? You sent back a six-foot-five, like, muscular mutant of a human being, and we're like, oh, yeah, he's going to blend in and kill John Connor's mom. This is an awful idea. no. Terminator babies. Yeah, send back send Terminator back babies. babies. Like send back Terminator. Like send back Terminator birds, a locusts, puppy. whatever you want. But like sending back Arnold Schwarzenegger looking Terminator. I thought this. I thought of this idea because I was sitting in LAX and the traffic getting into LAX, dropping a friend of mine or picking a friend of mine up at the airport. And I looked over and there was a person who had just parked in the LAX parking and they were sitting there waiting for the light to change. They looked like a normal man, like any other, except they had sunglasses on at night. Ooh. Oh, that fucker was a Terminator robot. Yeah. And I was like, he looks like a salesman. If Skynet had just sent that motherfucker back, we'd all be dead. Because by the time that guy gets close to you, and you would let him close to you because there's nothing threatening about it, the guy, other than he's maybe want to sell you insurance, you're dead. Yeah. But you would, like Arnold, you see Arnold coming across the damn street. Yeah. yeah. It's a, you know, it's funny the things so that So Robocop become... wins. <laughs> yeah. I, the, the fleshy... Parts I'm worried about when it comes to yes. RoboCop. Yes, but uh, try moisturizing that shit when there's a robot <laughs> underneath. But I do love the sci-fi tropes of you know now the glasses are part of the Terminator thing, mm-hmm. the thing that makes you stick out. The other thing I love, just in general, in movies. I hope that person wasn't blind that I was ridiculing. <laughs> Either way, yeah. it's cool. I Looks now, cool. I now hope he's Could deaf. It, maybe he's a blind Terminator. I now hope he's deaf. <laughs> <laughs> there's a. Uh, there's one of those things, like when we, we've been watching, uh, and I do enjoy this series, The Handmaid's Tale, mm-hmm. and, but it's there's a, a lot of... The documentary series, The Handmaid's Tale? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. But there's a, there's a thing that they do a lot in that, which always makes me laugh. It's the, it's the suspicious, not suspicious. So, you know, you, you don't want to be suspicious, but you're talking over the plans that you're going to... How you're going to escape the police state? Okay, and you're talking in with talking over it with your fellow handmaid. Is that but one you're, of those things? But your but your eyes are darting all over the place. Oh yeah, and you're you know picking up something and then putting it down, and then when you leave, you're not going to buy that thing. Yeah, but you and I do that whenever we talk trash to people in a party. <laughs> you know that it's like oh, there's but, that, but that does person. our life depend on uh, it? That person we didn't want. To talk. Yeah. I mean, I go to a social event and somebody I didn't want to run into comes over and is like, hey, buddy, how you been? And I'm like, oh, God. But usually you do the, hey. hey, And then you give them a hug and then your eyes dart around that wall on the other side of the hug. I whisper in their ear, if you really want to know, I'm praying for death at this very (laughs) moment. Sorry to hear that. Just tell people you're in insurance. 
Just tell people you're, yeah. you're, you'd be like, oh, what do you do? It's like, I sell insurance. How are you doing? Yeah. And they'll immediately stop the conversation. Although my wife sells insurance. Well, she doesn't sell. She works for an insurance company. How much is this stuff worth? Oh. Uh, have you, I mean, you have this insured. I, Please tell me you have this insured, Matt. Uh, I, have, I have a type of insurance. but uh, You have renter's insurance. Yes. Thank God you have renter's insurance. Well, it's, we own the place. I, so I, I, I hope... But I hope renter's insurance covers this stuff or I, whatever, yeah. whatever insurance I, I you have. I, let's just say I'm, I'm probably stuff. underinsured. But Jesus. My mom's house burned down and my stepdad is an art collector in New Mexico with all this Midwest artwork. And he was incredibly like detailed in insuring it. You know, and, and the house burned down. I should do that. Took a ton of it with it. But... It was insured, and he figured it out. It took a lot of work, but I'll tell you, like Allstate or whoever it was insured with, like was really happy that he had the <laughs> spreadsheets and everything. Yeah, of it'd, the be catalog. it'd be tough. It'd be, yeah, be really brother. tough. Yeah, you weren't thinking about that when you were seven. I know, right? <laughs> You're like, oh, I'm gonna want this. <laughs> well, when I think about it too, all the paper stuff that I have, mm-hmm. like the posters and things that are signed, and uh, you know, vintage lobby cards. Yeah, yeah. That's, although that would probably be a little easier to. You know, to gauge the price of as opposed to certain figures. And I take figures out of the package, too, as you can see. So No, yeah, you have to. I have to. I I need to be able to touch them or else they're not mine. I like comics that are like that Avengers comic I was telling you about at the top of the show. Like that thing is... Is it got some dog ears on it? It's really messed up. It's it's a pretty ratty comic, and I still but have it. It's the one. That's that's the one. I mean, I think that's the one. I mean, I, there were clearly comics before then because I remember learning to read in Spanish in Mexico when I was visiting my grandparents, and I had the Donald Duck card comics, and I was definitely younger at that age. There was there's always been comics, but that was the one where I said, okay, yeah, this is an addiction. Now I'm going to read the next one. You know, because you used to just one off comics when you were a kid. You were like, oh, I'll just read this one off comic, and that was the first one where I was like. I want to see what happens next. That was kind of shocking to yeah. me as a kid when I when it was a, a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. And the, the first one where it's like, oh, I have to get another have to get comic? Another yeah, they weren't messing around. And, and because that's also a thing that, you know, if your uh, parents are holding the purse strings, it's not guaranteed that that no. next one's going to come. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, well, Geeks gave us, I can sit here with Matt. All let's do it. Freaking day. Let's do the five hour. Let's show. do it. Let's do it. Um, I, I, Matt's Matt's going to be a resource for us here at Geekscape. Uh, now he's locked in. Uh, his podcast is called Monster Party. You Monster can Party. Obviously, find it anywhere. There, any podcatcher you're listening to this on, you can find Monster Party. On. That's right. Yeah. So while you're on this one, what I want you to do with this episode is I want you to hear. I want you to, to click that little bucket thing with the arrow that that share button, and I want you to share this Geekscape episode with all your geek friends who think that they'd really get some entertainment out of what. Matt and I just talked about. Uh, I know you got geek friends. I know you do. This stuff is popular now. Uh, or, or just send it to all the popular people right now and be like, hey, bro, I saw that you liked the, you were wearing a Deadpool shirt and you might like this conversation. They talk about Deadpool. Uh, and just share it with your friends and your phone list and however you're listening to the show. Also, leave us a five star review on whatever podcatcher you're using. That really helps our visibility. Our visibility goes up, Geekscape goes up. There's more Geekscapists, and if you want to hang out with them, they're on our Facebook page. On uh, Just look for Geekscape or Geekscape Forever. You can join our group. We're also obviously on Twitter and um, YouTube and Instagram. You can find Matt, mattweinhold.com. Um, and there's uh, some Facebook updated stuff. And um, uh, especially look for the Monster Party Facebook page, because mm-hmm. that's where we do most of our, our networking. We're also on Instagram and, uh, and, and Twitter. 
The Twitter. Yeah, the Twitter. Go on there and find out that the VMAs are still a thing. Um, <laughs> Matt, you, you're an awesome guest. This is incredible. Thank you Obviously, so much we for could go coming, on. coming to the Fortress of Solitude. Yeah, this is awesome. Um, thanks, dude. Uh, Geekscapist, listen to us next week. Uh, Matt, thank you, dude. Thank you. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 